Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast. Know your host. I'm John Williams, and today I'm going to be interviewing Ben Robinson. Say hello, Ben. Hello. I'm Ben. You are. Uh, it's true. So, um, as we did the other night with myself, um, we're going to take a few minutes and ask you some questions. Let's uh, let our listeners learn a little bit about you. What makes you tick? Um, some of your likes and your dislikes. I won't make you do any top five lists, but yeah, let's get started. Go ahead and state your full name, Ben. Ben Robinson. <laughs> I don't need to give too much out. My social security number is... <laughs> All right, well, um, let, let me try to find some softballs for you to start off with. My favorite kind of balls. Well, Ben, what do you want to be when you grow up? Independently wealthy. Fair enough. Is, is, is that a qualifying profession? I guess. <laughs> if, that, if that's what you want to say, then there it is. I mean, I don't have any grand uh, career you know, machinations other than just having a lot of money and being able to do what I want. I guess so if I was independently wealthy, I would probably like to spend my time making things. Okay. So, well, that leads us into a, uh, a follow-up question. If you were guaranteed to be successful in a different profession... What would you want to do? I'd like to have like a nice big, you know, uh, shop where I could uh, where I could make stuff. It wouldn't really matter terribly what it was as long as it wasn't the same thing over and over again. Something like custom making commissioned items of some variety. You know, if somebody wanted like a really cool chest of drawers, I could make that. Or wanted you know an airplane, I could figure out how to make an airplane. Something like that. <laughs> Something where I could. Uh, just, you know, make stuff and work with my hands and not have to worry about that actually paying the bills. Yeah, but you wouldn't be uh, you wouldn't be making a time machine. I mean, if I c could figure out how, I, I, no, I probably still wouldn't. No. Yeah, it's probably yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. And uh, if I'm independently wealthy and I'm to the point where I've got my dream job and I'm doing all this, why would I want to go mucking around in time and fuck that up? Well, it could get better. Good. Come back and the world could be besieged by lizard Nazis. Oh, Stalinist, Stalinist lizard men. Lizard Come man. on. Yeah, yeah, Stalinist lizard men. Folks, that is a reference to our previous comic book, Travels in Time. Find it. Read it. Email us. I'll send you a PDF. I was going to say, good luck finding it. Yeah. I, I had a friend who was at the used bookstore um, probably a couple months ago. Uh, digging through the comic book bins. And he found an issue of Gilded Castle Quarterly. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. And oh, and it also had one of my Inktober sketchbooks in it. It was in the bag and board. So I told him to buy it. So like a used bookstore took it. Like they, they gave somebody at least store credit for that. That's, yes. That's kind of cool. Well, that used bookstore does not do store credit for trading. They do cash only. Oh, nice. Yeah. Somebody, somebody got cash for that and somebody paid cash for that on the secondhand market. Suckers. And then my friend bought it for me. <laughs> And then I went back there about a week later and there was another issue. Issue either two or three was also there. It's a weird thing for a used bookstore to take. Dude, sorry, I know I know this is your interview and I'm going off on a tangent and I'm going to lose my voice again. But that same bookstore also had um, B-Squad Volume 1 for days. And it was, it was signed by Eben and I was like, should I sign this? I mean, because it even said it on the tag, like signed. So it was more expensive. <laughs> Just walk in and sign it. <laughs> yeah. Come in with a silver Sharpie. He's totally should have. You're like, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's my stuff in there. So 
Going from uh, being independently wealthy, we, our next question is, if you had unlimited funds to build a house that you would live in for the rest of your life, what would the finished house be like? I figured this was a good question to ask you because you are a home builder, so you've probably thought about this. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably go either like lodge or craftsman style. Probably craftsman style because it's a little classier. Probably a, a bit more lodgy on the outside, more craftsman-y on the inside. I'd have a big-ass shop and a helicopter pad. Can you hear that helicopter? Yeah, I, it, my imagination is very vivid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd have uh, you know a lot of land and unlimited funds to pay somebody to do all the shit work on it that I didn't want to do. Mm. And uh, I would probably have a pool because my kids like pools, but I, otherwise I wouldn't build one for myself. Would you build one for me with unlimited funds? If I have unlimited funds, yeah, sure. I know your I know your wife would okay that a four company pool. Yeah, I'll, I'll just in the plaster. I'll set tiles in the bottom that say John. Yes, and your kids yeah. have to ask my permission to swim in it. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. And then I'd like that. And every time your daughter asks, I can give her shit about how John Brewer would let her her favorite uncle, <laughs> which is not me. <laughs> Oh, I would probably build a big ass room and put like a cool VR setup in it. Mm-hmm. As lo- well, I'd try it first to see if I'm one of those guys that gets really nauseous. But I think on the ones where like you have like full range of movement and you can, you know, you have like a it, you your body doesn't get confused and then you don't get nauseous. You'd have a big dedicated room for that. That'd be cool. All right, Ben. If someone made a movie of your life, would it be a drama, a comedy, a romantic comedy? action film or science fiction i'm gonna go ahead and just say that you know what genre would it be if, if it if you want to make it a horror movie you can god i hope it's not a horror movie uh if someone was to make a film about my life it would probably be a mockumentary that much interesting stuff hasn't happened but there's been a few funny things that you could parody here and there uh certainly not an action movie or a romantic comedy so yeah i'd go with mockumentary I think that would be fun, and I think that would be fitting as well. I've I've been there for a lot of it, for a lot of your life. Yeah, because, I mean, nothing, there, there wouldn't, like, you know, any good mockumentary doesn't need a great plot line. No, not uh, at because all. Because I, I don't have a good through line to my life that uh, would really come to some sort of meaningful end. Yeah, it just needs good moments. Yeah, and I got a few of those. Yeah. All right, rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, Ben. How weird are you? Uh, I've seen the internet, so I know 10 can be pretty fucking weird. Yeah. Um, weird, I you know, I, I'd probably go with like a 7. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming 5 is your average amount of weirdness, and uh, 1 would be a weird amount of not weirdness. Okay, so... Like an abnormal amount of normalcy. What kind of person would be a 5, in your opinion? I think like most people are 5s. Okay. Is unless unless well, I guess weirdness may not be on a like a bell curve like that. Cuz what is anti-weirdness? Yeah, exactly. Like if somebody is so normal, isn't that weird? Like do they automatically get a 3 because there's nothing weird about them, so that is weird? Oh, maybe it is kind of like a bell curve where like, you know, 5 is is technically the least weird and 1 is like you're weird because you're like too normal. <laughs> And uh, 10 is like, you're weird because you pull your genitals out and sing for no reason. Yeah, and hang weights from them. Yeah, yeah. You're like the the step on my balls guy. (laughs) Gross. 
I'd go with like seven because I'm a, I'm probably a little bit more weird than normal people. Yeah, because you guess. you might wear a T-shirt that has one of those level ten people on them. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I have. Yes. Yeah, I've got that Mr. Bungle shirt that it's mm-hmm. got all kinds of atrocities on it. I was explaining that to my boss the other day, and she was fairly horrified. <laughs> I don't know where that shirt is. I think Annie probably put it in a box. It was kind of falling apart. It was a little old. Yeah, you got to save that. It's It's got to go with the keepsakes. Yeah, kind of frame it or something. All right. Let's, uh, let's go a little, little wacky with it. What is your favorite food? Oh, I just I was just talking about this yesterday with my children, so I've got this lined up and ready. <laughs> uh, my favorite food is my wife's chicken Alfredo. Oh, what makes it what makes it so great? The love. No, I don't know. It's delicious. I don't know. She just it's really good. I really like it. Every time she makes it, I eat like way more of it than I should, and I feel awful. Does she make the sauce from scratch? No, she starts with a jar of sauce, but she adds a bunch of stuff to it. Does so. she put corn in it? Corn? Yes. She does not put corn in it. Well, because I've known your wife for a long, long time, and she puts corn in a lot of things where it doesn't belong. <laughs> she does put corn in a lot. There's no corn in this. Okay. There's probably paprika in it. She puts paprika in a lot mm, of shit. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but no, I don't know what she puts in it, but it's delicious, and I like it a lot. Oddly, before this, we're talking about how growing up, I did not, I was convinced at least that, that I didn't like Italian food. Like, I, I didn't think I liked lasagna. I didn't think I liked spaghetti. I didn't want to eat them, and I didn't eat them. And uh, and then, like, it was like it was in, like, my 20s when I actually ate lasagna for the first time. And uh, it was at an Olive Garden, and I uh, was just blown away with how delicious lasagna is. Yeah, that sounds familiar, yeah. that you not liking lasagna. Yeah, yeah, which there's no reason that I wouldn't have liked lasagna. There was nothing in lasagna that I wouldn't have liked. You got some noodles, some cheese, meat, sauce. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a pile of delicious. But since then... Since my I, all my formative years, I didn't really. I was convinced I didn't like Italian food, even though I I like Italian food quite a bit now. I think that might be the reason why I never crave it. Like anytime my wife asks, "Do you want to go get some food? What do you want to eat?" Italian food never comes to mind. Pizza is the exception, but pizza's not really the pizza I'm talking about. It's American. It's not Italian. So in, in any case, it comes down to I just never think of eating Italian. I never crave Italian. I love it. But it never comes to mind as an option. It's like it doesn't exist unless somebody else brings it up. And I think that the source of that may be the fact that I didn't think I liked it when I was a kid. So it just it's not cemented into my brain. Yeah, you default on it not being something you want to do. Yeah, yeah, which is weird since my favorite food appears to be something of Italianish origins. Yeah, it would be interesting to see what an Italian thought of your wife's chicken Alfredo. You know, she likes to doctor things up. And, well, of course, you know that. Everybody else, she likes to do that. So it'd be interesting to see how it compares. I've got an Italian girlfriend. Let's see what she thinks. Yeah. Yeah, we should give it a shot. She doesn't like my mom's spaghetti I know we, or we, her lasagna. I know when we went to Italy, the Italian food was quite a bit different. Probably sucked. You, you guys should have told them they were doing it wrong. My wife ordered shrimp scampi at this place, and they didn't really know what that was. <laughs> I think it was in, uh, I think it was in Rome. And they brought her a plate of like noodles with some sort of sauce on them. And then just one giant fully formed eyeballs, legs, shell and everything like prawn on top of it. And uh, my wife is not, she doesn't like eating things with bones in them even. Yeah, I could see that. She likes her meat to be as far from what it actually is as possible. And she she did not like it at all she was horrified she doesn't appreciate home-cooked uh shrimp scampi right from the source no 
No, she she did not. So here we go. Something a little more normal. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? A hundred? Yes. I'd go for the one horse-sized duck. Explain. A hundred of anything is going to be tough to fight, and a duck's not that small. They got like little hooves and teeth. A hundred of them seems like it would be difficult to fend off, whereas a single foe, be it a large duck, I think would be easier to handle. Yeah. Like you got to avoid the beak. Horse-sized wings would probably give you a good beating as well, but at least they don't have claws on their feet. Like if it was like a horse-sized eagle, then my answer might be different, but a duck's a little less intimidating. Man, have you ever seen, oh, never mind. No, I, th- I think I'm thinking of geese with the teeth. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, they got, they're, yeah, they'll, they'll still, being bit by a horse-sized duck would still ruin your day. Have you ever had like a daydream of just being swarmed by something small, whether it be people or something, and just sort of like wading through it and just punching and kicking everything? Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think it'd be as glamorous as my mind plays it out. I think you'd be you'd be taking a lot of damage. It would just be death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of little bites. Mm, man, I think I I think I would, well, never mind. This isn't my interview. I think it'd be fun though. I want to punch your rooster out there. He's he's asking for it. He's staring at me like he wants to fight. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a big guy. All right. Here's a simple one, but an important one to our listening audience possibly. Marvel or DC? Did you ask me this? I didn't. Okay. I know, I, I know what the answer would have been if I did. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, I was definitely more of a Marvel kid, but I think it was more just to the, due to the fact that I didn't have a lot of exposure to DC. Marvel's just what was around, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was just more familiar with X-Men and Spider-Man than I was Batman at that point. But uh, as a adult now, having read a good bit of both, I guess comics-wise, I would be more of a DC fan. Obviously, cinematic universe, DC hasn't really always had their shit together. So cinematic-wise, I'd have to side with Marvel, though I'm getting... I don't know if the magic is wearing thin, but it's just the, it's, it's seeming a bit more formulaic now. Because yeah. the formula makes them millions of dollars, so I get it. But cinematic universe-wise, I'd, I'd have to side with Marvel at this point, just because they have a better track record. Yeah, but uh, in general... You know, for the the core business of comic books, uh, I I do appreciate DC more than I more than Marvel at this point. And follow up, who's your favorite character? Yeah, I think you asked me that one. I think that's what I was getting confused with. Hmm. Or did I just have a few drinks and imagine the whole thing? Well, I mean, you definitely talked about Superman a lot. I'm not sure I asked you about Superman, but that <laughs> I'll find a way. <laughs> that may not matter. Um, favorite comic character. I mean, my gut reaction, just off the top of my head, is Batman, but I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think, well, I mean, I think my favorite character in a comic book might have been Jesse from the Preacher series. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's not really, you know, like a superhero comic character. But I, I really liked Jesse from Preacher, so I, I guess he'd be my favorite character. Yeah, we'll accept that. Now, I won't, I won't force you into a box of superheroes. You know, some, yeah. some people aren't all about the tights and the capes. And uh, Jesse was definitely the uh, the hero of the story. Yeah, I liked that series quite a bit, and he, yeah, he's, that's my answer. Um, okay, Pepsi or Coke? God, I don't like either of them. I don't like cola. Interesting. Did you ever like cola? I drank it when I was a kid, but I think it was because it was there, and not necessarily. I mean, it had sugar in it, and it wasn't water. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of makes my teeth feel weird, and uh, oh, it just doesn't. 
it tastes kind of weird. I don't, it just doesn't, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Like they accidentally gave me Coke when I went to Chick-fil-A the other day and I still drank it. Oh yeah. You're a Dr. Pepper guy, aren't you? I'm definitely a Dr. Pepper or, right. and or root beer guy. No ice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I used to say no ice. And if they, if it, you know, on the rare occasion they asked me why I'd tell them I was allergic, but it was really just cause I wanted more soda for free. Yeah. I remember us having that discussion a few times about how you didn't, you didn't want it watering it down and, and it takes up more space for soda, but man, I was, and it uh, comes out fairly cold and I, I drink shit really fast. So yeah, like it didn't have time to warm down. I get ice now just because I'm kind of fat and I figure a little bit less soda is not a bad thing <laughs> though. It does piss me off when they fill that cup, like three quarters or more full of ice. Yeah. And some places do that. And that it's a bit much. Cause if I, if I get, if I can't get through my food without running out of drink, it just it ruins it for me. Yeah, the movie theaters will do that to you. Yeah, fuckers. And after they charge you six bucks for the damn thing. <laughs> In your opinion, which historical figure wins the award for being the most hardcore? Oh, in all of history, huh? Um, I don't know about all of history, but I, I let me limit it to American history. I'll, uh, I, I got a, I got a good bit of esteem for Teddy Roosevelt. I was actually Teddy Roosevelt for Halloween a few years ago. <laughs> no shit, huh? Yeah, and in like his Rough Riders days. Uh, and it was uh, it was a pretty cool costume. I liked it. But uh, I actually like, went to a costume shop and had no idea what I was going to be in New Orleans. And kind of like looking through the stuff and then, you know, I saw that and kind of was able to just piece together a Teddy Roosevelt costume. And it came out pretty good. Uh, but he, he was just, I mean, he was just a tough son of a bitch. I mean, you'd go down, you know, in Panama and half of the folks dying, you know, half of his cadre of soldiers dying. And, he, you know, he was running, when he was running for president, I don't know if you know this, he was, uh, there was an assassination attempt on him mm-hmm. after, the, I think it was his second term when he was running because he, he lost the nomination and decided, well, fuck it, I'm going to run on the, the Bull Moose Party. I believe he was a Republican. He might have been Democrat. I don't remember. But anyway, the, his party, he didn't win the nomination. So he said, fuck it, I'm going to run as an independent. I'm going to be the Bull Moose Party. And was out giving a speech. And uh, some guy came up and fucking shot him right in the chest. And uh, he kind of like brushed it off, you know, kind of waved his guys away, finished his speech, and uh, then went and got the bullet removed afterwards. Awesome. And uh, Andrew Jackson was a tough son of a bitch, too, but he was a little bit nastier. I think he was also shot like four or five times. He challenged people to a lot of duels. Those were the days. Yeah, yeah. and he, he was a real asshole, too, which I appreciate to a degree as an asshole myself. <laughs> like when he, when he finally got voted out, he threw a, like a kegger, essentially, in the White House and uh, just invited every, whoever wanted to come to a giant party at the White House and just totally fucking trashed the place. <laughs> I suppose it took him, it took him weeks to like get all the ground, you know, all the cheese out of the carpet that had been ground into it. <laughs> People like stole shit. And I mean, it was just a total shit show. Like that's, that's the way to go out. All right. Well, as we touched on earlier, you are fairly well-traveled gentlemen. In fact, I think it's two episodes now that you've talked about going to Italy. You've been to a lot more places than just Italy for the record, but what state or country do you never want to go back to? I, you know, I haven't had any really awful experiences anywhere that I can think of. I can tell you that uh, it's not a state or a city, but I don't ever need to go back to Vienna again. Not because Vienna is an awful place. It's a beautiful city. It's got a lot of stuff in it. I just, I spent like five days there and uh, it was, it, it, three would have been fine. Like it just, I, there was nothing, there's nothing more for me there. That's in Austria? Yeah. Yeah. It's in Austria. It's a cool place. They got a neat palace and some cool museums and good art and stuff. And it, it's, it's neat, but it just didn't grab me. And uh, we ended up 
spending like a day less in Prague because of our the time we spent in Vienna. And uh, yeah, Prague would have been a way better place to spend that day. So nothing against Vienna. I just, I don't need to go back there. Fair enough. As far as U.S. states that I don't need to go back to, I guess Mississippi. Against nothing terribly against Mississippi. It just, it didn't, there's nothing for me there either. They have a couple of nice, nice-ish beach, beaches near Biloxi and otherwise the rest of it's Mississippi. <laughs> the rest of it is what you think of when you think of Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not a bad place. They have good food and stuff, I guess, but I just, I'm not going to make another trip there unless I have a really good reason. Well, you're not going to offend them, so I appreciate that because I probably just did. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I've never, I haven't been too many places that were just really, really awful. I've had some bad times places, but it's not the place's fault. Dull at best. Um, if your childhood had a smell, what would it be? Well, that is a obtuse question. Okay, <laughs> my childhood had a smell. I don't give a shit about your favorite color. What would it be? Probably gasoline. Oh, okay. Explain. I just, I lit a lot of stuff on fire when I was a kid. <laughs> like I played with gas and flame a lot more than I probably should have as a child. Yeah. And uh, it was fun. Yeah, we've got the the junior high science project videos to prove it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, otherwise, you know, if is there a what would the scent of my parents yelling at me be? I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> Beef stroganoff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's you know, like, what's what is, the what's the smell of being grounded? Yeah, exactly. What is the odor of being confined to your room? Well, I bet my, I'm sure my room had an odor. Oh, it did. Which was probably a mix of iguana shit, old food, and you know, young man bo. Yeah, that that iguana cage definitely stunk. had. Yeah, it had yeah. its own aroma. Yes, it did. I, I was not great at cleaning myself or the iguana cage. Not a great combination. Well, at least one of those you don't have to worry about anymore, and the other you just don't worry about anymore. (laughs) I worry a little bit more than I did when I was a kid. Well, speaking of things you're bad at, what are you really good at, but kind of embarrassed that you were good at it? I'm not sure if I'm embarrassed of much of anything. That's true. This was an awful question for you. Or we uh, we could go the opposite with that and ask... What are you bad at and you're embarrassed that you're bad at it because it's something you should be good at? Hmm, okay. I'll tell you one thing. You're bad at taking your face away from the microphone to swallow. <laughs> and I don't know if you're embarrassed <laughs> by it, but you should be. Let me give some thought to those real quick. Something that I think I should be better at is fixing cars. Okay. Because I can do it. Like I did my wife's brakes, changed her, you know, her rotors and calipers and pads and all that stuff. But it, like the rears took me like a full day and the fronts took me longer than they should have. And I feel like I've done all this stuff enough that I feel like I should have gotten a good bit better at it. Mm-hmm. But it's it always just seems to be fairly disorganized and I'm always missing something and got to make like two trips to the auto parts store and, you know, or I'll... I'll you know, fuck something up, pulling it off. It just, uh, yeah, it seems like something I, I feel like I should be a lot better at at this point than I am. Yeah. But it's not one of those things that you've just accepted like me. Like I will never be able to be a handy dude. So I call Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not any good at drawing things, but I don't really need to. So I don't, it's who not, does, am I right? Yeah. It's not, it's not something that, that, that it, like I, it comes into my life and I'm like, man, I really need to do better at this. Yeah, you're not embarrassed that you can't draw a ripping picture of Batman. Yeah, it'd be cool. All right. Um, what was the last adventure you went on? The last adventure? Well, I mean, it's kind of a long adventure. I haven't really done much in the way of you know direct adventuring in a while, with the exception of 
moving out of state for seven years on a whim to do who knows what uh, was was well, a hell, was a hell I'll, of an adventure. I'll, I'll tell you what, our listeners sure don't know what. Yeah. So why don't you tell them? So let me kind of restart that over. <laughs> so back in 2010, uh, building was not that great, and I build houses. So I was kind of picking up odd jobs and doing this and that, and uh, got an opportunity to go out to Florida. And I went out there to uh, Port St. Joe, Florida, and uh, they said it could be six weeks, it could be six months. Uh, they didn't know. It turned into like six years. And I lived in Florida for two years, and Louisiana for two years, and Houston for three years. And I know that adds up to seven, because uh, I stayed there a year after the gig ended. But I drug my family all the way across the country, did a whole bunch of stuff that I you know, sat behind a desk, got really intimate with Excel, learned about oil spill response and all. I just did a whole bunch of shit that I'd never done before and had n never had any interest in doing before, but learned a lot. It was a really awesome adventure uh, that took, you know, that ran over the course of six years. And uh, I think I'm a better man for it. And since then, I haven't really done anything super adventurous or interesting. So that's the most recent one. Didn't you go to Mine Fair yesterday? Yeah, that was not an adventure. Oh, was did you go to Winchester Mystery House? Yeah, that's not really an adventure either. Didn't we go and get cheeseburgers after Winchester Mystery House? I think your I think your standard for adventure may be slightly lower than mine. Oh man, everything's an adventure if you have it in your heart. Okay, well I I took a good shit today. I don't know if it was an adventurous shit, but uh, <laughs> it might have been. I'll bring you along next time. You can let me know. All right, um, let's simplify things a little bit. Um, let's get into some more general information. What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie, uh, I'm probably going to go with Blazing Saddles. Why Blazing Saddles? Oh, this is just fucking hilarious. It's just super funny. I never tire of watching it. Uh, Mel Brooks is awesome. And uh, I mean, it was great social commentary for the time it was written. So it, it is uh, taken out of context now. It seems a bit racy. But that was kind of the point. But uh, it's just, it's great. I, I, it's all around good. Real deep analysis into it other than it makes me laugh a lot. Yeah. What would you say to people who would condemn the movie nowadays for its subject matter and its use of, you know, like the, the little old lady that just says up yours N word, you know, like. <laughs> I, I, of course, you'll have the decency not to tell anybody I saw you. Yeah. The sheriff is near. Uh, what would I, I mean, you know, they weren't trying to be derisive, you know, or insult black people. It was, uh, it was commentary on, you know, a, the old West, but B the kind of the zeitgeist in the seventies as well. I mean, it's kind of like all in the family where all in the family was a show that, uh, the main protagonist was kind of an intolerant. He hated gay people. He didn't really like, he didn't really like or trust black people or immigrants, um, but they kind of, they showed him as a bit of a buffoon and an ignoramus. I'm talking about Archie Bunker, obviously. Yes. You know, he was a buffoon. Uh, you know, you could, he was, you could laugh at him for being, you know, cause he was, he was dumb and, you know, but he, but he was also a human at the same time. Like, you know, especially now where bigots are vilified constantly and, and, you know, they're still people. They're dumb people. They're, they may be ignorant people. They may have terrible opinions that you may disagree with, but they're not at their core bad people. They're just maybe a little misguided. I don't know. Unless they're, you know, out there lynching people or actually actively hurting other people, then yeah, then they're assholes. Do you hear that? 
It's the sound of typing of angry emails from ultra liberals that are uh, wanting to let you know that they are not people. Well, that's fine. I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. They can feel that way about another human being, and Archie Bunker can feel the way he feels. No, no, no. It's okay for them, well, not yeah. for Archie Bunker. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it always is. All right. Now, uh, who is your favorite author? I know you asked me that question, and I'm I'm trying not to tread over a bunch of the same ground, but I think this is an important one for you know what we're doing. You know, people finding common interests. Speaking of treading over the same ground, it very well might be Ray Bradbury. Like, I really love Ray Bradbury. When I was a kid, it was Douglas Adams. I love the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. Yeah. It's probably the th- the book series, or any one of those single books is the book I've read the most amount of times in my entire life. I think I'm in the same boat. I absolutely adore Douglas Adams and his work. Ray Bradbury, though, really opened kind of opened my mind to kind of science fiction and, and where that stuff could do he's i love his brevity he takes for granted that you just you'll know what he's talking about he doesn't go into lengthy descriptions and say you know this thing was this and it did this and it looked like this and it was over there and you know it came from here he's he's like the anti-tolkien or dickens where they you know they'll spend two or three pages describing something whereas he'll just say you know they hopped on the firebird and flew to the thing you're like, okay, what the fuck's a firebird? I mean, clearly it's something that takes you from point A to point B, but you just use your imagination. Yeah, and he'll usually throw in a little little analogy or, or metaphor to go with it. You know, they, they flew on the thing like the sunlight's rays racing the yeah. horizon. It kind of gives oh, you the, the feel of the situation and you lets your mind's eye kind of fill in everything else. Like in the Martian Chronicles, I don't think he does a really good job of describing what the Martians look like at all in the whole fucking book. Yeah, there's, there's only- little bits and pieces here and there, but like there is no, you know, firm description. This is what they look like and this is how they act. You just kind of, they're characters and they are what they are and they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Which is why when I saw the, like the 70s miniseries that they did, I was like, that's not what the fucking Martians look like. I mean, I guess it could be because I guess they still fit the description, but they don't look anything like I imagine them. I don't even know anything about that. What did they look like? They were weird. They had like these weird V-shaped brownish green heads with all these grooves in them and not really. They had like weird little eyes on the side. They, they looked all weird. I mean, very 70s-y. Weird. Yeah. To say the same thing you said, I, I really love Ray Bradbury. Um, honorable mentions would be in Douglas Adams, uh, Robert A. Heinlein. I love Heinlein. Mm-hmm. Um, I've recently which is shameful that it took me this long to get around to it but uh recently kind of fallen into terry pratchett which is also just awesome yeah but i I, i'm working my way through the Discworld books and i'm loving every minute of it what is something you will never do again something i'll never do again i'd like to say shit my pants but history is any (laughs) if history says anything uh I, I don't think I can guarantee that. I'd like to never do that again. Yeah, you've got a Halloween party coming up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. What fictional character do you wish you could meet? Zaphod Beeblebrox. Hmm. Who's that? From uh, the president of the universe. Where's the galaxy? Uh, I think it was universe. I think it was universe. I was just reading reading that recently. But the president of the universe from the Hitchhiker's Guide books. Uh, he seems to enjoy taking people on on the Heart of Gold and ferrying them through space. Yeah. Took Trillian and Arthur on a hell of an adventure. So that's, that's that would be pretty cool. How many heads does he have? He's got two heads. Yeah. One of which he occasionally puts in a birdcage. Yeah. How many arms? Three. Yes. What's his favorite drink? 
uh, pan-galactic garble blaster. Oh! Garble. Uh, it's gargle blaster. Gargle blaster. It's <laughs> close. It's been a while since uh, I read those books. What takes up too much of your time? Hmm, I'd say sleeping because it takes up a ton of time, but I really like it. Yeah. What, um, what do you regret takes up too much of your time, I should say? Driving. Oh, yeah. Like commuting takes way too much of my time. Um, and it is, it's not as bad as it has been in the past, but I mean, it's still, it's just a solid hour and a half a day and that shit adds up and it's just wasted garbage time other than, well, no, it's not wasted garbage time. It's fantastic time to listen to your favorite podcasts. So for all of you out there commuting and listening to this, keep on keeping on, get yeah. that, that, you know, that job you've been thinking about getting, but it makes you drive for an extra hour or two every day. Take it. What the hell? Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. We'll spend some more quality time together. Yeah. We'll try to keep up with your daily commute. Yeah. Well, the way we ramble, I don't think that'll be a problem. Yeah. All right. What do you hope your last words will be? I hid the gold in the. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully whoever it is you're saying it to is a dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. I probably will be. Yeah. I was going to say, you don't want to say that to your kids, but maybe maybe it'll be your son and maybe he will be a dickhead. So you're like, ha ha, take that. <laughs> Just let him, let him stew on that for a while. Yeah. And along those same lines, what do you want your epitaph to be? Well, I did really like your epitaph when we buried you in my backyard that one time. Yes. What did that say? It said, here lies John Williams. Damn. Just plain and simple. She's like, ah, fuck. Too bad. This guy's dead. Oh, I didn't know that that was the connotation behind it. I I feel so loved now. What did you th- What did you think it was? Out of curiosity, I don't know. To be honest, just just the damn thing. Like it always just seemed like like something that somebody who didn't know what to say just put that there. Just like whatever, it needs to be something. Oh no, no, it was definitely like damn. Oh, so you speak of burying me in your backyard. What What's that all about? When we were in our 20s, we did a reasonable amount of drinking, and one night we got a wild hair up our ass to uh, dig a hole in the backyard for no reason, and then the hole started getting bigger, and we thought, this looks like a grave. We said we should bury somebody, and John graciously volunteered, so we dug the hole a little bit bigger, he laid down in it, we buried him up to his neck, and then the, the we made a little gravestone for him, and then we, uh, when he was, we took one big breath, we covered his face up, he sat underground for about... 10 seconds maybe max and then uh proceeded to rise from the grave in a dramatic fashion as we took some pictures of it we have those pictures we should, I should take them out yeah they they still exist for me well the only place i can find them is believe it or not myspace oh yeah you can still access your old ones uh your old profile with some difficulty and uh those those pictures still exist there yeah you should post some of those on the instagram page no kidding. And a shirtless 260 pound John covered in dirt. There was one picture where I was biting somebody's neck and it looked like I was like leaning them over and kissing them in a romantic fashion. I can't remember if it was you or our friend Kyle. I think it was, I don't know. I but, think it was Kyle. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, I'm going to go with damn. Damn. It's nice. And it's, like, apparently it's more ambiguous than I thought. So. It'll raise some questions for folks. <laughs> yeah, whoever you said your last words to will will think that it's important. They're like, it's in a dam somewhere. <laughs> so this this is referencing something that I talked about 
in the time travel episode about hoping that there's a catalog in the afterlife of things you've done. And this, this was a question that was on an entirely different list. I didn't make this up myself. So obviously other people are thinking along the same lines. So what stat for your life would you most like to see after you're dead? Oh, I don't know. I'd like to just pour through them. Cause I, I bet the one I'd enjoy the most would be the one that I, it would be one that I wouldn't ex- look for. Yeah. Just go through there and rank them by like highest number and be like, well, okay, what, what did, what odd thing did I do the most? Cause there's probably some boring stuff on there. Like, you know, brushed your teeth. Well, you did that a lot of times, but that's kind of expected. Yeah. And at least a hundred or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost. Hey, don't get out of hand. Um, but like, you know, farted in an elevator. I bet, I bet it's a good number, but it's a, you know, double digits. <laughs> yeah. And, and then compare it to, uh, to how many times there were other people in there or weren't. Yeah, or like the number of times that I was able to fool someone into thinking it wasn't me that farted. That would be an interesting one. Oh, I remember one of those. Because uh, I, I blame that shit on other people all the time. Mostly in jest, because it's pretty obvious that it was me. But uh, like I love blaming my farts on my kids. Just <laughs> absolutely love it. I do that to the little one whenever we're driving around somewhere and like I fart and it starts to stink up the car. She's like, it stinks. I'm like, what, you fart? She's like, no, you farted. I'm like, I didn't fart. She's like, ah, you farted. It's great. Yeah, do you remember my, my niece? Oh, Maybe, my, oh my God, goodness. I used to make her so, so mad. Oh, she <laughs> would like, get so aggro. She was like five to eight, and we would just constantly give her shit about why she farts so much. And uh, Oh, man. It was so fun. <laughs> and now she's the age where where she can laugh about it, finally. That was a long time ago. Yeah, and she's pretty good at throwing shade now, too. So I, I, I like to think that I had a you know, a bit helped her with her training on giving people shit for things to some degree. All right. Now we're going to move on to some would you rathers because these are always fun. Um, sticking along the lines of dying. I don't know what's going on with me, but this one just popped up and I was like, Hey, it's topical. Would you rather be famous when you are alive and forgotten when you die or unknown when you are alive, but famous after you die? Famous after I die. I don't want to be famous. You don't want to be famous while you're alive? Yeah, it seems really inconvenient. You got like people following you around and caring about what you do. And, you know, you say something and then all of a sudden people are judging you for it, even though it's taken completely out of context. Yeah. Screw all that. Look back because you're almost, you know, if you're famous after you die, you know, people very rarely go back and revisit all that shit and try and find all of your faults because I got plenty of them. <laughs> you don't want people digging up those skeletons. Or the skeletons, those couches. It's like, it's like, you know, Twitter. It's like the, what's his name? The dude from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, James Gunn. James Gunn, yeah. He made some shitty jokes like 10 fucking years ago and he got him fired today. Or not today, but like these days. It's like, man, you make some off the cuff. I mean, Twitter, because he was probably thought he wasn't even talking to anybody at that point. (laughs) Yeah, he was just being a shock jock. Yeah, he's just saying some shit, and uh, and then he freaking loses his job working on a franchise that he loves because of something stupid he said a decade ago. It's just, it, I don't want to be famous, especially these days. It's a fucking shit show. Now, rich, I could do rich, <laughs> but famous, no thank you. He'd probably end up being a hermit or something. Oh, totally. All right, would you rather be completely invisible for one day or be able to fly for one day? Just one day, huh? Yep. Uh, I a fly sounds more fun. I mean, visible would be kind of cool, but I, I, it almost necessitates you getting up to no good. <laughs> there's, there's very few like really wholesome 
good for you activities you can do while you're invisible. You can either creep on people or steal things um, or spy on things. I mean, there's just nothing. I don't know. Flying sounds super fun. Either way, I'm going to be disappointed when it's done. It's just one day. Yeah. Yeah, I'd totally fly. Yeah. How about, would you rather know when you are going to die or how you are going to die? And you can't change the time or method. How? Yeah, you think you'd be more stressed out knowing when it was going to happen? Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd be stressed out either way. I mean, if you, if you knew when it was going to happen, you could come to peace with it. You know, you, you have time to figure it out. I mean, I, I guess it depends on when it was. If it was like tomorrow at noon, you'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm not going to have much time to come to peace with that. But if it was like when you're 85. Okay. I could I can come to terms with that and just live my life. You know, I know a hard end. I don't need to save for retirement beyond that point. It wouldn't be too bad. Wait, but you chose how? Yeah, but I chose how because uh, then I could try and avoid that thing. It's like, you're going to die in a plane crash. Well, I could just not fly on planes anymore. And eventually one would hit me. It would just fall out of the sky and land on me. And I'd be like, well, there you fucking go. I was going to say, I was like, yeah, the qualifier is you can't change it. But yeah. yeah. But, but you don't know when it's going to happen. So you can, you know, you can't change it, but you could, you feel like you have some amount of control over how, even if you don't, you feel like you do. Whereas when you're not going to change when time occurs. Yeah. That's a bit more definite. All right. Would you rather have everything you eat be too salty or not salty enough, no matter how much salt you add? Oh God, that's awful. Um, not salty enough because too salty. It just makes the, you know, if it's too salty, there's, you know, no going back with that. Like I can add some hot sauce or something if it's not salty enough and hopefully try and compensate for the lack of salt, but trying to cover up too much salt is fucking hard. I made chicken fried steak once. I'm not much of a cook. And I went to make chicken fried <laughs> oh, no. steak once and added a uh, two tablespoons of salt instead of teaspoons of salt. And it oh, was Oh man. Oh, it was inedible. Like I took the first bite and I'm like, "Oh, that's not bad." I took the second bite and I'm like, "Oh, it's kind of salty." I took the third bite and was like, "This is awful. <laughs> this is inedible. It's horrible." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I I would go with not enough salt. Yeah, you could probably get used to things not being salty enough. It would suck, but yeah, probably not. As yeah, much. like my, my wife doesn't like salt hardly at all. She doesn't salt anything. Mm-hmm. And so her stuff's a little bland to me, but I, I think eventually you'd, you'd get used to it. She doesn't salt the uh, corn in her spaghetti? She does not. I salt my corn on the cob, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little salt and pepper and butter? Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Would you rather relive the same day for 365 days or lose a year of your life? I'd rather relive the day. Like, do I know it's going to loop for 365 days? What do you mean? Like, do you know the first day that it's going to, or what do you mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like, like going into this, do you know the duration of the loop? Oh, I see. Um, yes. Okay, yeah, then absolutely that. You'd just be able to have fun with it without having to figure it out. 364 consequence-free days. <laughs> you could eat a whole piece of cake in one bite. Yeah, you could do anything. You might come out the the end of it like a horrible, horrible person. You could do really dangerous things. You know, you could ride around, to, you know, ride a motorcycle down the freeway at 150 miles an hour. If you die, you just wake up the next morning. It's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. It could be kind of maddening, but uh, you can make it work. Otherwise, losing a year would be confusing. It would be horrible. <laughs> be fun what all. just happened? Yeah, like your kids are older. Fucking shit's changed. Hopefully, you didn't do anything stupid in that year that someone's mad at you for because you're not going to know about it. Now, where is the most interesting place you've been? The most interesting place I've been? 
We've got a lot of good memories from a bunch of different places, but I don't know if that makes them interesting. I think probably one of the most interesting happening places I've been is New Orleans, and I lived there for two years, and it took a while to grow on me. But when it did, that city is just, it's always got something going on. It's got good food, good booze, good people. Um, it is a bit of a patchwork, so you kind of have to know, you know, there's some places where you probably don't want to go, and it's not uh, not 100% safe in all places, but it's it's a good city, and most of the people there are really good people. And uh, it's just, there's always fun things going on. It's very walkable. So you can you know, head out of the house, you can drink, you know, you can have an open container on the streets. So you can head out with a walk-in beer, go to a bar, hang out, meet some people, hang out, say, hey, let's go over there and get a beer to go, walk over to the next place, see some live music. There's, you know, buskers everywhere. Avoid the French Quarter almost entirely. Bourbon Street for sure. Decatur is not bad, but go down to, you know, if you're going to go there, go to Frenchman Street. It's on the other side of the French Quarter and it's a hundred times better. But uh, yeah, I, that place is super interesting. After Katrina, before I lived there, I remember thinking like, why do people live there? I mean, this place just floods, you know, it's going to come in, it's going to destroy. Why would you go back? Like, what? what is, why are we doing this? But that, that city's got more character and life to it than any other place I've been. Yeah, that place, I, I, I was fortunate to go out and visit you for a couple days um, one time, and I, I wished I could have made it back. It would have been cool to see more of it, especially since I just partied one night and then wasted the next night being super hungover. Some delicious food we got back at your place, though. Oh, it's a it's an incredibly difficult town to lose weight in. <laughs> the, the food is delicious. It's not necessarily healthy, but between that and all the booze and the good times, um, it, yeah, I did not. It did not do my waistline any favors living there. <laughs> but Mardi Gras was awesome. Took my kids to Mardi Gras every year we were there, and a, and a couple years thereafter, and they absolutely loved it. It's it's a super fun place, and Mardi Gras is not what most people think of that haven't been to it. it that you know, I mean, you can get some of that down on Bourbon Street with you know, you know, beads for boobs and all that. But for the most part, Mardi Gras is a very family friendly affair where a bunch of people go out to the street and watch parades, and they throw stuff at you. And uh, you get day drunk and uh, then head home. It's great. All right. Now, this is a, a, a bit of a trick question. What is the best way to start the day? Uh, the best way to... Why, okay, why is this a trick question? Now you got me thinking harder than I, <laughs> I would otherwise. It was a trick question. Uh, you know, waking up alive? I mean, is there some sort of correct answer or something? Yes, the correct answer is listening to Geek Exploration, the podcast. Ah, yes. Thank you very much, folks. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this interview with Ben. And uh, thank you for listening. Come back and see us again soon.